Hello, you're listening to Track by Track, the Trash Music Podcast, with me, Dan Bull, editor of Trash, which you can find at movetotrash.co.uk, and me, Will Warren, music enthusiast and contributor to Trash. And on the turntable this week, we've got Walking on a Dream by Empire of the Sun. So, Empire of the Sun are an Australian duo. Uh, they're from Sydney, uh, which is not the capital of Australia. No, that is, of course, Melbourne. It's Canberra, isn't it? Uh, yes, that was just an ill-judged joke on my part there. Uh, and apologies to any of our Aussie fans. Um, I do know that Wellington is the capital of New Zealand. So. Is it? You 100%? Uh, Final answer? <laughs> You're not going to put another sound effect on here, are no, you? No, <laughs> absolutely not. Uh, so they are an electronic duo from Sydney. Uh, they've been around for about 12 years, formed in 2007. Uh, the two members are Luke Steele and Nick Littlemore. And Dan, both of those persons uh, came from other projects. Uh, they did. Please tell me a little bit more about that. Because <laughs> I thought you were going to clarify, but... No, you, uh, you're, you're the information man. So Luke is from rock band The Sleepy Jackson, and Nick is from dance band Pinau, or Now. Oh, Pinau. Pinau. Who, of course, did that fantastic Elton John collaboration album, um, Good Morning to the Night, a few years ago. Did you hear that? I did, but they've got some even better stuff in their own right out there. Well, I'm, I have to be honest... Um, Empire of the Sun was you know, one of the ones that I added to our long list, and I did like that Elton John album. But I haven't listened to any other Penal. So little, in fact, I don't know how to say their name properly. No, apologies, boys, uh, if you're listening, because that was bad. Or it might be good. Yeah. I don't know. And, of course, the band are known for their visuals just as much as the music, whether that's on the album covers, which I'm sure we'll get to talk about later. Um, and I've got a good idea of when that's going to be as well. And the stage shows as well. Um, they wear incredible outfits. And what a shame that this isn't a, a vlog, or that we don't video these podcasts, because uh, we're both sat here in our... Underwear. Uh, no, 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 uh, no. Empire of the Sun reg- regalia. And you've got the most magnificent headdress on, Dan. Where'd you get that from? Uh, that was from my wardrobe, actually. That's that's not part of the costume, that's just... Ah, oh, it's just you being you. Yeah. You doing you. And why not? No, and you can't, You continue to do yourself. I feel very comfortable around you. Nothing's going on, though. No, <laughs> absolutely not. And Dan, I have to ask, before we get into talking proper, are you finally recovered now from Glastonbury? I'm recovered from Glastonbury. I do apologise to everyone if I'm... I'm a little bit... The pollen count is high today, so I'm a bit... You really bunged up, aren't you? <laughs> yes. Uh, it doesn't help that you're sat down next to two dozen fresh lilies. No. He's, do you share the same florist as Elton John, by any chance? <laughs> They've got very aggressive stamens, I know. <laughs> and you've got more than that in common with him. <laughs> so. Anyway, so we're talking about Walking on a Dream today, which was their debut album. It was released in, 2000, in October 2008, and... It did phenomenally well in Australia and did very well in the UK as well. Yeah, yeah. But more about that later. And of course, I love to tie it into some sort of occasion or anniversary. Um, oh it... yes, how wafer thin <laughs> is the is the uh, is the event and the link this week? It's about as wafer thin as the ham that I can have as a vegetarian. Um, and if you understand that reference, goodness me, well done. That was very. Uh... You're listening to <laughs> track by track. 
It's tonight the band play Brixton Academy for the 10th anniversary of the album. So we're just about to get our boots on and head out the door once we've uh, recorded this week's episode. Yes, I'm going to touch up my makeup, uh, pop on my white gloves and then out we'll go. Make sure your feathers are all in place (laughs) on your headdress. Should we get stuck in? (laughs) I think we should, yes. (laughs) So side one, track one, this is Standing on the Shore. Standing on the Shore, track one. Will, as an album opener, how was that for you? It's a nice way to slowly ease yourself into this album. Because mm. I think it's just banging enough, but without going crazy. Yes, I would agree. And we're going to hit a few different tempos uh, along this along this shore. A few different sized waves, you could say, throughout this album. But yeah, I love this one. I love how there are moments where it breaks down. It's one of those songs where there's lots going on, isn't there? You can sort of listen to it ten times and you'll always hear new bits, whether it's the vocals, which are sometimes laid and sometimes uh, sampled and repeated. um, It's built up with a lot of electric guitar, but at the same time it's very heavy on the dance beats. I find find Empire of the Sun's sound quite a difficult one to label. Oh, and I was thinking about this earlier because there's some great raw instruments at play there. Mm. But for me, one I love... The more of the Cynthia sounds. Oh, I wonder when she'd come out. She's been on a 24-hour flight uh, <laughs> to Australia. <laughs> to the capsule. It, this was the third single uh, they released from this album. Must say as well, for as we're starting off uh, with track one, that this uh, the writers uh, and producers of this album are both of the boys themselves, plus Peter Mays. Peter Mays just on this one, who is... Um... Uh, is a member of Penal. Penal. Are we happy? Penal. Will, quick question. First thing that comes to your mind. What is the nicest shore you've ever stood on? I'm just having a think about that. Um, I did say quick question. Oh. <laughs> Probably uh, Torquay. Oh, lovely. Just, just, just got some roots down there. Lots of, plant some trees. <laughs> yeah, that'll be Torbay Palms. Oh, how wonderful. And if you've been down to Torbay, Torquay, you'll know exactly what I mean. You're looking at me very blankly. I haven't been Even no. more than usual. <laughs> Mine would be, not that you asked, but I was going to tell you anyway, <laughs> uh, probably, probably somewhere in Thailand. Oh, yeah. quite paradise. Paralysed. A paradise. We had too many fish bowls or buckets that they have there for the full moon parties. Yes. Oh, God. We were absolutely bladdered. The sh- in fact, I did go to a full moon party and the shore was, you would not want to be in that sea, that there were so many people standing weeing in the sea that it was just, when the waves were coming out, it was just a froth of urine. It's absolutely oh. disgusting. Froth of urine. What a lovely image. You're listening to track by track. <laughs> time to move on now, I think. Yes, yeah, so let's go with track two, title track time. Oh, lovely. Walking on a dream.
so that was Walking on a Dream. Already, I'm just such a big fan of the titles, not only of the band, Empire of the Sun, and the first track, Standing on the Shore, and this one, Walking on a Dream. Clearly, they've all got to be four words, but also all very visual as well, don't you think? Walking on a Dream, I've got this mental image of um, strolling through clouds. Yeah. Very ethereal. Mm. Wouldn't that be Walking in Heaven as well? And I'm not talking about the nightclub because. Uh, oh no! If you, if you do that, you'd be uh, you don't know what you'd step in. <laughs> Wouldn't be clouds, but your feet might be a little bit sticky. Lovely place, though. I've not been for a while. No, and actually, the last time I went there, uh, actually, we both went there. Uh, it was daytime, uh, and yes. we were there to uh, to meet with someone about something. Uh, and I, all I can remember now is the smell of bleach wafting through the place. Yeah. Yeah, and it was very different seeing it in the daytime, wasn't it? Very, uh, very sobering experience. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't want to do that again. No. So, uh, walking <clears> on a dream. Now, this was the first single. So this was the first thing ever from Empire of the Sun. And it is a true representation. Was that a child? I, I know what it is. It's um, Cooks had her grandkids in today because um, they were sick, but the mum and dad had to work, so they're. Not really sure our insurance policy. Sat in their broom cupboard with her. Right, well, I'll have words later. Yeah, we're not covered. No. (laughs) Walking on a dream. Um, I really like that introduction that it it lulls you in with that uh, synth sound and it just bangs straight into the bulk of the track. Lovely guitar. Mm. The guitar throughout is really... And we don't often pick up on the guitar, do we, really? It's more, more our good friend Cynthia sounds, but... Uh, the guitar in this throughout the album is fantastic and I just love and not just this track but with a lot of the tracks on this album is it's so it's not easy listening but it's so so nice so smooth to listen to yeah if you want to chill the hell out oh. just grab a bottle of wine pop this on maybe a little doobie maybe I, I, I don't don't get the reference <laughs> it's something or nothing never mind <laughs> This, this was a this was a single in the UK as well. Yes, uh, and it got to number sixty four in the charts. Oh well, if this is ten years ago, this is kind of when. Oh, I Oh, here we go. The... the charts didn't mean so much back then. Is that <laughs> what you were going to say? Well, yeah, I can't. I've got nothing to go back with. Um, this there's something I've only heard this today when we've just listened to it. Something about the melody that reminds me of Fleetwood Mac, almost like. Um, Everywhere, or something like that. I love Fleetwood Mac, particularly yeah. that song and a few others. Yeah, and I've, I've never heard it before, but then it's all just kind of come into place because on their last album, Lindsay Buckingham guest appeared on one of the tracks and co-wrote it. And it, it never really made sense to me. Why is Lindsay Buckingham with Fleetwood Mac with, well now ex-Fleetwood Mac, with Empire of the Sun? But I've just heard the song in a whole new light today, so uh, it's all come together. And there were, some, there were more influences to talk about, I'm sure, it's, as we go through... Are there any others that that scream out to you? Um, I just I don't want to talk about the album artwork too early, but <clears> I <throat> see that and I think Adamant. Adamant, yeah, I see that and I think Star Wars. Uh, also, I see that and I think Labyrinth. Yes, David Bowie. It's interesting how we're talking more about the visual influences rather than the. Well, it's part of the Empire of the Sun package, isn't it? Yes. Bang what on the money. Lovely though. packages they've got. Yes. I think it's probably time to move on to the next song now. So track number three now. This is almost like your uh, trousers most of the time, Dan. Half mast. <laughs> 
so that was uh, the third track there, Half Mast. This was the fifth single to be released. Loving Hell, are there any songs that weren't singles? It's funny because it's only a ten track album, so um, to release at least five... Five. So this was the last one to be released on the album. Um, I think there's a really nice combination. I, I was trying to think what the guitar riff reminded me of. I just couldn't put my finger on it. I only still have not no, it's sort oh. of boo, 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 boo. It's something. I just can't quite tease it out. Mm, well, I hope you manage to uh, tease something out by the end of the episode. This one reminds me a little bit of MGMT or a hint of them. And I think they were around about the same time, weren't they? Were you a fan of MGMT? Absolutely love MDNA. Um, no, sorry, oh, what? you've misheard me. MGMT. Yes, no, yes. I do. You're talking yeah. about the Madonna album, or uh, let's just draw a veil over that. Swiftly. Uh, yeah, MGMT, brilliant. Another Australian group in a similar vein. Yeah. That I loved, and I was talking to you about them recently. You'd never heard of them, the Kids of '88. No. Oh, you sent me some. Yeah, you sent me some of their music. Yeah. For your consideration, and mm. I can't recommend them to you and not listeners enough. Some brilliant. Um, Pop music, uh, dance music, dance music. Such again, similar, to, uh, similar to like MGMT, Empire of the Sun, a real fusion of a bit of cut copy thrown in there. If we're talking Australians as well, wow. just uh, just a bit of everything, just wonderful, wonderful. They only released uh, a small amount of work, but do check them out. Top tip. But I like how there's so many of these bands that when we we, we just can't put them in a box. They're they're electronic. They're um, acoustic, they're rock, they're dance, they're indie, um, and that's fantastic. That they're not just narrowing themselves into one category. And it's the drums just as much as the guitar in this, t- taking away the the synthier elements um, that are the style of the show for this track. Yes, I would agree. And there's a lovely, it's very simple synth, almost like chimes going through this. This one reminds me a bit of a sort of a nineteen eighties. A soft ballad, I think. And I think that's the guitar riff that I'm talking about. I think that's what I'm trying to mm. to tug at, to try and find out what's at the end of it. But um, it's, No more know. tugging, please. I think we'll just draw a veil over, draw a half-mast veil over that, I think. <laughs> Track four, then, shall we? Probably the right thing to do. Uh, this is We Are The People. We Are The People That was track four. We are the people. Dan, it's a shame we edit these podcasts because our listeners will will miss out hearing you singing along to that. And this is I do sing this song in the shower a lot, but I blare the music out so loud, obviously, to drown myself out. So it sounds fantastic. But that moment there, where you very sneakily cut the track as I was singing, that was <laughs> quite rude. Had you caught with your caught with your trousers down, not just half mast <laughs> from doing that. This is one of my favourites on the album because. Uh, as you as you uh, ex- exemplify just now, very catchy. It's very catchy. I think it's almost 
the simplest song in some respects and I think that's what makes it my favourite it's so approachable I think my dad really loves this song I don't know if he knows a great deal about Empire of the Sun but I've got a feeling he really loves this one my brother who we haven't got a lot of the same music taste he loves this song um, I think this really does appeal it's got that um, sort of the acoustic thing going throughout it very accessible yes absolutely and this was the second single that they released which did um, modestly well any more detail on that? Uh, 24. Well, the charts are a strange... Oh, no, I've said that one already. <laughs> this was I? Australia. It wasn't the UK. Oh. So in the UK, uh, I got to number 14, actually. Hmm. Uh, but not that that means anything. Well, actually, no, it does. If, if they do well, it does mean something. It's a great <laughs> achievement. This, um, you can tell it was, a, it was a single that was released internationally because there were a bucket load of remixes including a remix by um, one of the members' brothers. Oh, keep it in the family. Yes, and also if you're a fan of the Shapeshifters, uh, something I think suitably housey, and if you're a fan of something a little bit more harder, Style of the Eye did a remix Mm. as well. I'd probably go for the harder one, I think. Yes, yeah. Should we scroll on? (laughs) So let's move on now to track number five. Delta Bay. So that was Delta Bay, and definitely an album track there. Felt like a bit of a jamming session almost, didn't it? I was thinking the exact same thing. It's it's the it's almost as if the two lads were bashing one out together in the studio, and that's that's what came from it. Well, I, it's going to happen, isn't it? You're recording lots of music. You kind of you're under a lot of pressure, and sometimes you just got to relax and just. Bash something organic out. Yeah. And just see what happens. And it's quite raw as well, isn't it, that one? I mm. imagine that's probably why. It's it, the most authentic to the to the demo. Very, very raw for both of them, yes. Uh, so that was... And the claps. The claps throughout it. I love those. Uh, they, just got, they just got creative, didn't they? Well, maybe. Maybe it was highly, highly constructed. Yeah. Every beat, every movement... What I would say about this one is it, it almost, I've got a bit of a, a Jack White feel to it when, it when it begins. Did you pick up on that? Uh, as in the actor? Oh no, that's Jack Black. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. You're thinking of Scylla Black and Scylla White, aren't you? Sharing the same name. Did you know that? Well, how old were you when you first... Uh, quite young. Priscilla not, not White. Like, not five or anything like that, but <laughs> young enough. You had other priorities when you were five. Yeah. So our digression means it's probably time to move on. Yes, I think it is. So next up, track number six. This is... Country. So 
So that was country. What a fantastic time to talk about uh, how lovely this track is. Oh. Uh, and because, actually, the reason why I haven't, because you were thinking it, weren't you? Mm. This is why I was going to talk about the album artwork. But I loved if the Twin Peaks feel yes. to this track, actually. So the th- I love the guitar work and that kind of bass and the strings there that remind me so much of Twin Peaks. And this is this one was just written by Nick Littlemore. So of course Luke Steele is the frontman of the band and uh, often the lyricist. But on this one, it's purely Nick and just his I think his musical juices flow. What do you think of this? I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I think it's really it's nice. It's atmospheric. Um, I think it showcases a bit more of the breadth of the band. Some people might have come into. Empire of the Sun thinking, oh yeah, we are the people and that's all they are. But there's a very experimental side to them and I think sometimes an, uh, an instrumental track shows that more than anything else. Uh, it allows their, the musicality to speak for itself. Can I just say something as well that I only discovered, and it's still relatively relevant. Go on. Uh, that uh, Empire of the Sun performed at Glastonbury in 2010. I saw them. Did you? Yes. Ah, well, it is relevant then. Yeah, it's very relevant. Um, they were on at the same time as Stevie Wonder. Um, and this was the 40th anniversary of Glastonbury. And we saw a bit of Stevie Wonder. And he was just playing sort of album track after album track. He must have been saving up all the hits for later. But we just didn't have time for that. So we wandered over to the park and we saw the bulk of uh, Empire of the Sunset. And it was fantastic. So uh, let's move on to track number seven now. Uh, this is the world. I So that was the world. All of it. All of it in four minutes, four and a half minutes. Well, what a great time to talk about the fantastic artwork. And actually, it really is fantastic. This is probably the most fantastic artwork we've ever had. Should we just fire off some immediate words? I've already said Adamant. Uh, You said Star Wars. I've said Labyrinth. Blade Runner. Blade Runner, yeah, there's a tiger in there as well. Elephants. It's very new romantic as well. It's, yeah. It's it's, it's a work of art, actually. It really is a work of art. It's fun. It is. When we go to on to talk about the album artwork, sometimes, you know, you have to describe what colour scarf someone's wearing. But with this, goodness me, there's so it's much detail. It's such a creation. And it's the two guys are in the middle, uh, in the kind of new new romantic adamant sort of David Bowie in labyrinth kind of dress, with you know all sorts going on around them. I think it's just the perfect visualization of the soundscapes they're creating yes. through these tracks, and it's a visual style which continues uh, on future albums as well and in the singles as well. Yeah, they've kept with. Imagine if. I mean, you just cannot imagine this band, can you, turning up to the Stone Circle at Glastonbury with arms with an acoustic guitar and, and you know, wearing a, a onesie or something like that. It's all about the visuals and, and this theme that they've had running throughout. So just wonderful. 
Uh, Dan, though, what do you think about the world? The track, the world. Oh, good, because I... Yeah, the, Where do you start? I have a whole can of worms there. It, it probably isn't my favourite song on the album, but there, there is a lot that I love about the the production and the soundscapes in this one are so atmospheric. Uh, and I was saying to you, wasn't I, when I was playing this, it reminds me so much of something, and I can't think what, but it's in that style of those people who really create... Well, actually create worlds within their sounds and their Jean-Michel songs. Jean-Michel Jarre? Um, I, it's your French again, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it's like Sigaros or Iron Monster or even maybe more cheaper, something like that. Oh. Mm. So, in summary, fantastic artwork, reasonable song. Yes. Uh, track number eight now. This is the has the best title on the album. Dan, do you want to say it? Uh, I'd love to. Swordfish Hot Kiss Night. <laughs> It's a great song, isn't it? And actually, before you mentioned about Glastonbury, this was the moment when, I'm not saying you ruined it, but you did ruin it a bit. This is when I was going to talk about Glastonbury because I remember this song a lot. And we've not actually talked about when they perform, they have dancers with them on stage as well. And they had swordfish models that they were chucking around the stage. I was just looking at a picture earlier of the band performing and they were surrounded by a group of men and women uh, dressed up as swordfish. Yes. Oh, that's yeah. That might be more like it. Not just them, yeah. But I've also seen them since uh, a couple of years ago at not just figurines of sort of like garden gnomes <laughs> on the edge of the stage. Probably quite nice for the garden actually. You never know. They, maybe they started out like that and then upgraded a couple of models from home bargains or something. Mm. But yeah, I saw them again at the Roundhouse, uh, which was fantastic. And of course, we've seen them tonight, so thrice for me. Uh, and I can't wait to hear um, not just. Some of, the, some of the key tracks from this album, but some of their other stuff as well. Yes. Um, Alive, for me, is a fantastic song. Are you giving anything away for your further listening? No, no, no. In fact, okay. I shouldn't have said that at all. Um, there's something about this song, particularly the, the O's that are repeated throughout it in a very deep voice, that remind me of some of the songs from Tim Burton's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory remake and the Umpa Lumpa songs. And actually, when you talk about people dressed up as swordfish, just maybe the sort of imagery that you might see in a Tim Burton film. Exactly, yeah. Uh, so maybe, I do believe Danny Elfman did that score, so maybe he's in another influence to put on the band's list. So, track number nine now. Uh, this is, well, a reference to, uh, part of the album artwork, uh, Tiger By My Side. Tiger by my side there. So the big question from me, Will, to you is, and I'm not on one knee, listeners, there's nothing going on here, is Cynthia's estranged husband Peter out back today or not? Possibly. Oh. 
I think I might have heard his car pull up, but I'm not sure. It might be someone from next door. Because I was, I was quite sure that you was going to feel like this album hasn't petered out. Well, no, it hasn't yet. But there's still one more track to go. So oh. the jury's out. If the if the album finished here, definitely not, because it is a great track. It is a fun song, isn't it? It's a lovely bass on the intro to this one. Um, I feel like it's just it's definitely an album track, and there's nothing wrong with that. No, but it's a fun song, isn't it? I haven't said that yet this week. Oh, yeah, I'll just take that off my list. <laughs> Ding. Oh, a homemade sound effect. <laughs> Shall we see, then, what the last track has to offer us? I think we should. So this is track number 10, Without You. So that was... Ken Lee. That was Ken Lee. What? Oh, no, it's Without You. I thought it was a different song. Sorry. That was the last track on the album. And... He's, Peter's here. He's sat with us now. Oh, Peter. So it has, it has petered out for me. I don't I, know what you think. I have to politely disagree. I think it's a fantastic slow dance to the end of the night. The mirror ball's still on. Very 80s ballad. It's I'm getting vibes of Madonna's Crazy for You or something like that. If only it sounded more like Madonna's Crazy for You. Mm, I think it's one. I think it's again a very atmospheric number. Um, just such a shame that we disagree. Was that that wasn't a single? That one was it? It was the fourth single uh, to be released from the album digitally only in Australia, mm. uh, and that was in September 2009. So that's coming up for its 10-year anniversary. Oh, I should have done the episode then. It's the only down-tempo down song on the album, isn't it? Yes, it is, really, yeah. But I, th- I, I like it. You know, it's you and I, we're very different people in some ways, aren't we? Yes, and in other ways, very similar. Yeah, too similar. Uh, they also recorded a new version of this for the uh, release. For what release? The album release? For the single release. Oh, okay, sorry. Uh, and I think I be hoping a little bit too much uh, that they put a donk on it. <laughs> You'd put a donk on everything if you could. Uh, I have to say, the music video for this, the dome featured in this video, looks a little bit like the Crystal Dome from TV's The Crystal Maze. Oh. Which is a lovely treat. You mentioned The Crystal Maze more times than I mentioned. No, I'm not going to say them. No, <laughs> don't say them. I'm surprised they haven't come up this week. Yet. So, we've reached the end of the album. A lovely ten track. You know, it's tens of perfect numbers, isn't it, for songs, really? Wrapped up with a lovely bow. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we've got some further listening, though. Dan, what are we going to do for further listening? Uh, well, oh, we've said, let's go crazy. The world is our empire of the sun. So a track from their back catalogue, but not, of course, from Walking on a Dream. And, Will, I'd love for you to go first. So I am going to go with a lie. No, I'm joking. <laughs> So I'm going to go with a track from uh, their second album, Ice on the Dune, um, which the album artwork, by the way, is fantastic on this and has, as you'd expect, a snowy, icier theme to Mm. it, but in the same artistic direction style. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, the track Awakening.
that was Awakening. Uh, one of the reasons I love that one from the second album is it's got a brilliant outro. So the last minute is just solid gold. Um, we said it a thousand times now. We love an outro, don't we? Oh, absolutely. It's very, those songs that, and I think you tend to get it with really old sort of 60s songs, but when they just sort of fade out in the last couple of seconds, they just fade off. That's not for me. That's not my cup of tea. And this is, I think the whole, the direction the second album took, it took everything that was great about the first album and just made it slightly more poppy, slightly more synthy as well. Polished. Slightly more polished as well. Um, and I really like that. Yeah. I, and I have to say, actually, the I know the first and third album quite well, but the middle one is the one that I never really got into the album as a whole. So having heard that song, which I've probably not listened to that song for since the album came out on, on the first listen, I'm going to go back to it. That's going to be my homework for this week. Dan, what about you? So I'm going to go with something from the most recent album, which was Two Vines, released in 2016. And this one is called Way To Go. Very good. Very, I think a lot of the stuff we've talked about for the first album, the comparisons to Fleetwood Mac and such, very present there. Yes, absolutely. One of the things I love about this song is that it was a collaboration with Henry Hay and Tim, and Tim, I'm so sorry if I get your name wrong, Tim Lefebvre, Lefebvre, there's no way I'm going to say his name. Lefebvre. Yeah. Let's go with that. Is it French? Um who collaborated with Bowie on a couple of his last albums, The Next Day and Black Star. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Bowie, so um, and I'm sure that the boys in Empire of the Sun would be as well. So it's great to um, not only have him as an influence, but have some of his collaborators working with them as well. And I think it just adds a bit of depth to what it sounds quite similar to some of the earlier stuff. I think it just adds a bit of a, almost like a classic rock depth to it. And also, I've just realised at this point, I wanted to point out how many times did I say point then? That, only two actually, that <laughs> I think the vocal on the first album is quite strained, but that's not a criticism as such. It gives the songs um, a real feeling. Hauntingness. Yes. Yeah. And of course there's the falsetto as well, which is, is fantastic. But it feels like Luke's vocal is only getting stronger as the albums go on. So I cannot wait to see what he's doing on album number four. Um, and also they have released a new song this year. Yes. Uh, in celebration, I think, of 10 years of Walking Under, they brought us a, a new version of the album out. I have to say as well, although we've talked about the standard version of this album, there are a lot more tracks on the special edition version. We're out of time. We're out of time. So that was Empire of the Sun. Something a bit different for us this week? Yes, it was, yeah. Uh, especially after our, our road to Glastonbury and, and then... Uh, what was last week? Florence. Uh, a Glastonbury stall. Although with these have been at Glastonbury as well, so it's the Glastonbury is, is the celebration of music that brings it all together. It's a celebration of life mm. as well as music. And love. So Dan, next, can you give us a hint of a tease? Okay, without giving too much <laughs> away. Um, 
so this was a debut album from these two Russian lesbians. <laughs> um, Alleged lesbians. Yes. Um, I don't think I've given anything away there, have I? I think you might have done. <sighs> Me and my big mouth. All the things you said. <laughs> so let us know if you're a fan of Empire of the Sun. There must be some fans out there in the UK. I'm sure there must be, I'm yes. sure there's plenty. Perhaps you're going to see them tonight. Well, see you at the gig. Um, and do let us know on Twitter, at Move to Trash UK, hashtag Track by Track. Let us know what you think about Empire of the Sun, what you think about Track by Track. And do take a moment to give us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts as well, please. Yes, we really, really, really do appreciate that. Just helps us get to more people. It's just what we deserve. We deserve everything that we've got coming to us. Anyway. So, until next time, I've been Luke Steele. Uh, and I've been Nick Littlemore. Goodbye. Goodbye.